0: Welcome to the Forever 80s Podcast, hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. Hey there, welcome to the Forever 80s Podcast. This is Liz Worth, and I am here today with Caitlin. And Caitlin runs accounts on Instagram and TikTok under the handle 1980s Nostalgia posting really great content celebrating all things 80s. Caitlin, I'm so excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm so excited. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for
0: coming. I I love all the things you post because I think that you are so real in how you portray your love of the 80s. And uh, I also love that you talk about so many interesting reference points, like Pee Wee Herman, for example. I know you have a Pee Wee Herman tattoo. (laughs) I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the gateway for you uh, in terms of deciding that you really loved the 80s?
1: Um. Actually, Pee Wee was kind of the uh, gateway. <laughs> okay. Um, so my mom grew up in the 80s. Pretty much everyone that is around me, obviously, except for my grandma. Um, but she was very hip and cool in the 80s. Um, they all grew up in the 80s. So I was very much raised around the music the kind of the movies um, and my mom decided probably when I was I would say three it's been since I can remember so I would say it's probably three she decided to have me watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure and literally since then it has been my favorite movie um, the first person I actually can remember wanting to look like as a child was Dottie I always just, like, saw her hair and her clothes, and I was like, I just want that. And um, it wasn't until, you know, about a couple years ago that I actually decided to start dressing 80s. Um, But when I did start to dress 80s, she's still, like, my biggest influence.
0: (laughs) Ah, okay. I love that. So, when you started, when you say you started to dress 80s, what was it that you started with in terms of the fashion?
1: So, I kind of started with, I I kind of started when I was 15, which was a long time ago. It was eight years ago. Um, But it was more so like I would find a Breakfast Club shirt that I liked, or I had this Ghostbuster shirt that said like, it had Slimer on it, and it said like Ghostbusters since 1984 or whatever. And I just went to like JCPenney's and bought it. Um, But it was about two years ago when I started, like, discovering Depop, uh, Mercari, and all of those, like, online thrift stores. And I started finding, like, the wonderful world of what thrifting actually was. Because when I was a kid, when I heard thrift, I kind of always heard of, like, or I kind of always thought of, like, old grandpa shirts that, like, 90-year-olds would have donated to Goodwill and I didn't realize that there was a whole world of thrifting out there where there was like Esprit sweaters and Jordash jeans that you could still get. And so that's where I really started was on Depop.
0: Yeah, cool. I My entry point was also through thrifting in, in sort of a, like a, let's call it a default way because my mom was really into thrifting. And so when I was a kid, she would go to this thrift store that was down the street from where she worked. And she would come home like the, that was how she would spend her lunch break. Then she'd come home with all these amazing things she would find, and uh, so my dad and I started to get really excited, and we would want to go to the thrift store with her on the weekend. And then that just kind of snowballed, and that became kind of my my default way of shopping uh, for clothes. But it was also a thing that me and my family did until my parents weren't alive anymore. It was just like yeah, nothing. yeah,
1: yeah. I love yeah, it. It's
0: fun. It's very addictive.
1: It's so bad. I spend so much money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are some of your other cultural reference points from the 80s that inspire you?
1: Um, I'm very inspired by like the fashion of random people that you see in the videos just like walking around the mall and like just very casual 80s like I'm not trying to overly look like I came out of an 80s movie cuz I feel like that's a little it can be kind of cost to me but i I, like just teenage fashion even though i'm 23 is really what i get at or um it's kind of teenage fashion but it's not like the neon it's not like what madonna would have worn because i feel like that can get costumey it's more of like people say that i have kind of valley girl style Uh, (laughs)
0: okay i could see that yeah yeah, and I, it's its important, too, I think, to look at those differences when you say, yeah, there's 80s neon, but there are other types of 80s fashions, too. Uh, I think that a lot of the time when you talk about the 80s to someone who's not necessarily paying as much attention to the 80s revival, they do think of neon or they think always of big teased hair. Uh, you know, there's there these certain stereotypes that people jump to, but there are so many other ways that you can express the 80s. Yes.
1: Yeah, I get it from Gen Xers a lot. And like not to call them out because most of them are great and I love them. And, but I get called out from Gen X a lot because I'll have like a darker blue sweater on that has, like, red and yellow stripes and has, like, swirlies on it. You've probably seen me wear it. I wear it all the time in my videos. <laughs> and they'll be like, no one would have worn that in the 80s. And then I'll have, like, 500 other comments that are like, I would have worn that. And I think it's because the, some Gen Xers just may not pay attention to the revival of the 80s or they may not be old enough to remember what people wore And I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to dress like an 11-year-old that would have wanted to dress like Madonna. Like, I'm trying to dress like an older teen to in my 20s. And so people would have worn stuff like that. You know, they weren't always wearing, like, off-the-shoulder fishnet, like, mesh shirts. Sometimes it was just, like, sweaters that had some cool patterns. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's similar to what I I find with punk culture and punk history because I that's another thing that I'm really interested in is first wave punk and there's such a huge difference in the fashion there as well where in the late 70s it was considered punk to have a pair of converse and tight jeans and a t-shirt and when you talk about punk now people assume that you have big spiky hair and 20 piercings and a leather jacket with a bunch of studs on it it's like yeah there's you know there's room for both and both of those can be part of that culture but it's not the only way that it's expressed
1: yeah yeah I'm like you know I think a lot of people in the 80s like my mom for example she would have been 11 in like 86 so she was a preteen and probably and she did walk around with like the lace gloves and the big bows in her hair and stuff like that because she wanted to look like Madonna but I'm like people in their late teens may not have looked like that people in their 20s probably wouldn't have looked like that you know they would have been working and they would have been you know just a little bit older and more mature and they would have worn more mature things than like Off the shoulder, bright green. (laughs) Mm, Yeah,
0: there was also a a very uh, conservative streak in the 80s that people tend to forget about. And when you start to look into the history of 80s fashion, you realize that there was still a lot of rules, especially for women, uh, around how long your skirt could be at work, how high your heels could be, had to wear pantyhose, you know, it's very, uh, a lot less free, I think, than it is now.
1: For sure, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. The other thing too is with tattoos, right? And I know that um, with with some people who are part of the '80s community and they're sharing a lot about their '80s fashion online, but they also have tattoos. I've seen some people say, "No, tattoos are not authentic to the '80s. If you really want to be authentic, then you shouldn't have tattoos." And I remember I was a kid in the '80s, and I remember coming of age in the '90s, and I started to get tattoos then. And it was scary because it was very rebellious because everyone told you growing up that you'll never have a job if you have a tattoo. Uh, but I'm like, it's so much better now that you can have tattoos and not have to worry about those things anymore.
1: I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I always like to clap back at people that, cause I've gotten that before. They'll see, like see my tattoos, but they won't see what they are. And um, they'll be like, that's not very authentically eighties of you. And I'm like, people were way more conservative in the 80s and they were way in a way they were way more unique and way more themselves but in a way they were also way um sheltered I guess and they you know tattoos were very taboo in the 80s and I'm like also though both of my tattoos are 80s references so like (laughs) (laughs) why do you think
0: people are so obviously not everybody but the people who do leave these comments why do you What's driving them to leave those comments?
1: I always think it it depends on, I think it depends on the generation. And sometimes I don't think it always depends on it. But um, if it's like Gen Zers, which sometimes I get, I feel like probably a majority of the hate comments I get are Gen Z. Like Gen Xers will leave hate comments and be like, no one looked like that. I didn't look like that. And you know, whatever, I'll delete it, move on um but i think the majority of it is gen z and i don't know if it's the jealousy of not being able to be themselves like as horrible and mean as that kind of sounds it's almost like you know i know the insecurity as a teenager of feeling like you can't be yourself and you do start to get very bitter about it and you start to kind of you see unique people and you're like why can't I look like that and it kind of starts to like build up like when people talk about like their villain of origin stories I kind of understand that because I started to get very bitter and I feel like I started to snap a lot at people when I was in the height of like my teenage mental health problems when I just felt like I couldn't be myself and I think that's part of their problem probably is that they're teenagers and they're very insecure and I get that, you know? And so that's why with them, I can usually tell if it's a teenager, I won't clap back. I'll just delete the comment and move on. Cause I'm like, I know you're probably having a rough time, even though you're being hateful to me, I'm not going to be hateful to you back, you know? And Mm -hmm. I do feel the same way about Gen X. Um, I think part of theirs could be that they may have had a certain style in the 80s and they themselves were bullied for it and they see someone else living that out and then they start to bully them because it's kind of like a projection thing is kind of how I wonder and how I see it. And that could also be jealousy too. You know, sometimes I'll respond, sometimes I won't, but I'm never like hateful in my response. I'll just use a little snarky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very mature of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah I think what you're you know what you're saying makes a lot of sense but I find it's also it's kind of ironic that people leave comments like that on your content because so much of your content is about sharing your own story around authenticity and around being who you are and how important your expression of the 80s is to you and is part of that authenticity
1: yeah yeah it's it's very um on some days it's like i'll just sit there and i'll laugh because people that will see the hate comments or see me post about it they'll be like just imagine them as francis from peewee's big adventure like that's all you gotta do and that'll make me laugh sometimes when i see it but then i'll get like kind of a bad comment and um, like I've been called mentally ill. I've been called slow. I've been called a bunch of things. And like sometimes that'll get to me because I'm like, okay, am I like? Are you telling me that like I'm really am mentally slow? Like not that that's a problem, but I'm like, sometimes that really gets to me. Um, and sometimes I just laugh it off and I'm like, delete the comment. You're not worth it. <laughs> hmm. It's crazy. The comments people leave for no reason. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: You've talked about a a little bit about how for you, you know, coming into the celebration of the eighties has been a really important part of your own journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That I would say me deciding to dress eighties and like, For a long time, there is a period where, like, I wouldn't dress 80s because really I didn't have the money or the resources to be able to. But I still would listen to 80s music, you know? I still loved 80s music. And there is a point when I got on social media and I started to talk about my love for the 80s and I started to post songs that I listened to from the 80s. And I would get the same comments. It It was a lot... Um. Louder when I was a smaller content creator than I am now. Um, But I would get comments, you know, I would post about, like, Weird Al. And people would be like, wow, you listen to Weird Al, you're a freak. And I was like, okay. uh, okay." And that caused me to stop listening to 80s music. So when my family was around, because I didn't want them to know that I was, like, so mentally, like, effed up, (laughs) I would listen to 80s music around them. So it seemed completely normal, but when I would have my earbuds in and I was listening to music on my own, it was in my head, I saw it as me training myself to listen to modern music so I could phase out listening to what other people would call me a freak for. Wow, oh. yeah okay. <laughs> Wow.
0: It seems like it's it seems like such an extreme reaction for people to have. Uh, just you to be sharing something that's so simple and that so many people share on a daily basis already yeah
1: so when I first started um stranger things was not a thing yet so the 80s were not in and um it for a while when I really started to dress 80s two years ago it kind of made me a little bitter when Stranger Things really became popular and people started calling it cool when they would have called me a freak for it like three years prior and that was another thing I had to overcome was being like you would have called me a freak for this three years ago and now all of a sudden it's cool and like you know (laughs) I don't know where that bitterness came from but that was one of the things that kind of held me back too was I was like I cannot believe that now you all think this is cool when all you've done is bully me for it, you know?
0: <laughs> so with, was Stranger Things part of a turning point, do you think, in terms of the 80s? I, I keep calling it an 80s revival. I don't even know if that's officially what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, but obviously, you know, there is a lot of interest in, in the 80s era at the moment. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I i personally think stranger things is probably the biggest reason for that um and i do love it i do love stranger things but like there are things that i see in stranger things that i'm like you know i'm i wouldn't call myself like a crazy i mean i, I am an 80s buff but i wouldn't call myself like you know the ultimate expert at the 80s but there are things that i see in stranger things and i'm like Okay, I don't feel like that's overly accurate to the 80s. Okay, I don't know if that's really 80s. Okay, that might be a little 80s, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the vibe of it being in the 80s and like some of the clothes and like the idea of the culture and like the last season, I think it was with the mall when there was like all the neon. I think it's called like Starcourt Mall or something like that. I think that's what really did it was like just the vibe of it being the 80s.
0: (laughs) So interesting. You know, I have to admit, I have not been able to get into Stranger Things. I feel like I'm the only person on the planet who's not into it. Um, and when it came out, I was really interested because it seemed yeah. like something I'd be into. And it was okay, but I just I saw so many people falling in love with it and I I couldn't get there. I should try to rewatch it to see if if my perspective has changed. Over time, uh, but I'm I'm always curious about the Stranger Things phenomenon because I, uh, you know, I'm I was born in the '80s, so it's that culture yeah. has always been part of my life anyway, and I'm very nostalgic for it. I, uh, but yeah, when I look around, I'm like, where you know, where do other people get their their beginnings if they weren't right. around in the '80s? Yeah, and you yeah. know, what is this connection? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I personally. I would say I will watch Stranger Things because I like it and it's something to watch, but I am not a fanatic by any means. Like mm-hmm. it it just sometimes I like it, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is boring, you know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not someone that's been like heavily into it either. Um, I would say my beginnings, you know, from the 80s is literally just since I was born because my mom always showed me music my dad always showed me music my aunt my grandma was a big one um I also have a Bowie tattoo and that's for my grandma um but yeah it was I I just grew up around it and so I my mom always tells me that I was born in the wrong generation and I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know if I was born in the wrong generation but I do think I was born in this generation to keep it alive You know, like to help keep that era alive and keep, you know, the cool parts alive. And, you know, sometimes I talk about the bad parts, which is another comment that I get a lot is, why don't you ever talk about the bad parts of the 80s? And I'm like, because I don't want my page to be a Debbie Downer. As horrible as that sounds, I know the 80s had their issues, you know. And I do talk about things, you know, being in the LGBT community myself, I talk about the AIDS epidemic um quite a bit like when world aids day rolls around or during pride month i'll talk about it a lot because that was such a huge part of the 80s um and that's another comment that i get that i'm like why would you even comment that like it's because i want to keep the nostalgia alive i want to keep the magic alive i want to keep the happiness alive you know i want to keep like you watching Wee's playhouse every saturday alive not like you know oh this was so horrible in the 80s let's bring everybody down (laughs)
0: yeah i think that's very fair and valid and and i i've seen i've seen similar conversations around that with other content creators too and i think that you know there are there are issues in every decade um but if you know if we don't have people who are keeping certain memories alive around pop culture especially younger people showing interest in previous eras then all of that pop culture disappears
1: yeah yeah i think it's super important for you know younger generations to keep older generations alive as weird as that sounds because so many of my generation i know are would be like oh my god that's so uncool like the 80s are so uncool the 70s are so uncool meanwhile i sit here and literally i tell my mom and dad all the time i'm like you have no idea how much i want to experience being a child in the 80s or not like a child child but like you know 10 or 11 and your mom and dad just being like, okay, bye. See you when the streetlights come on. Like I would love to experience that, not have cell phones as weird as that sounds. Cause I'm a content creator, mm-hmm. but I always tell my mom and dad, I'm like, I just want to do it for one day. Just like, we all go back to the eighties. You guys say, bye. We'll see you when the streetlights come on. And I just go out and do whatever with my friends. Like they used to cruise the strip or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: is that part of the appeal is being able to just be offline and and have that kind of freedom that people had before, before we all had cell phones and and we could be tracked by GPS and everything. Right.
1: Yeah. As much as I am addicted to my phone and I'm on my phone constantly, I think a big part of the draw is the culture of having to have a conversation rather than, texting someone or snapchatting someone or you know you have to actually call your friends and talk to them on the phone or you know go over and knock on their door and go talk to them Um, I think that's part of the culture that I love so much is like you had to have connections in the 80s you can just go online and text with people as much as I love it now because I have so many friends online like Violet Sky and Jordan that I text But, you know, I just think part of my draw is like I would love to experience that culture of just leaving and you don't really have to worry about anything. You just go ride your bikes or you go cruise with your friends or, you know, go shop. (laughs) My generation didn't get to experience that because our parents were so worried about people taking kids that we didn't get to experience just being left alone in a mall to go shop with for ourselves. They had to have all eyes on us all the time.
0: Yeah. I, you know, there, there's also the whole phenomenon of the latchkey kid that was happening in the eighties and into the nineties. And uh, I don't know if you ever watched Degrassi it was a Canadian show that I grew up on here. And I uh, recently interviewed the, one of the co-creators of the show, uh, Linda Schuyler. And she was talking about that because they had, Uh, actors who were playing their appropriate ages uh, in the 80s when they started production so all the kids if they were playing a 14 year old those kids were 14 and she talked about the difference with that because Degrassi had continued on uh, in in later iterations but she noticed the generational changes in that where when she started in the 80s Kids could come to auditions, they could come do do rehearsals after school, and a lot of them were latchkey kids, and their parents didn't come sometimes, they were just kind of dropped off, uh, and they had these acting jobs, basically, and she said that really changed as we got, you know, into the early 2000s, then all of a sudden, you know, all the parents are there, they want to be heavily involved, it's such a, such a big shift.
1: Yeah, I... I'm a big true crime nerd, too. Like, I really want to start a YouTube where I talk about true crime of the 80s. And I've kind of, like, sat and thought, like, what was that turning point? I think Adam Walsh was that biggest turning point um, where, you know, it was like, this guy took this kid. And, oh, my God, you just didn't hear about it because I feel like news just wasn't as prevalent in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Like, people were probably still taking kids, but you just probably didn't hear about it because, you know, like it wasn't all over the news because it wasn't so prevalent in the 80s. Yeah, it's it's hard to know certain things because in the 80s,
0: too, there were different. Again, I think every era has its own version of this. But in the 80s also, especially in the U.S., there was this satanic panic thing. It was a really big deal. Uh, I know here, I don't know if it was something that was happening in the U.S., but I know here in Canada, some people would... Ha- There was this urban legend that they would say, you know, you had to be careful if you walked through a mall because uh, if someone wanted to kidnap you, they would stick a needle in you that would make you pass out, and then they just carry you away. I know, terrifying, right? It's for everyone listening. If they just tuned into that part, like I, I, this is just an urban legend, so don't think that I'm making some kind of official news broadcast about (laughs) that. Um, But. You know, when you, you know, you start to put these things out there and yeah, people worry. And at the time, you know, because we couldn't just Google something to verify the information. Yeah. uh, I think those things really had an impact on people's psyches to a certain extent. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because when I say like news wasn't prevalent, then you have that satanic panic thing where it was like, that was super prevalent. And like everything was so satanic and everyone was of the devil and
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And again, you know, to to go back to what we we're saying earlier about some of the negative parts of the '80s, right? I think that that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you you mentioned Violet Sky and Jordan Rumsey. Uh, I've interviewed them for uh, the podcast as well, and they say similar things to you about you know wanting to reconnect with that that era of the '80s because of that idea that people were more connected at the time, mm-hmm. that there was more in-person interaction.
1: There was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Even when I was growing up, we didn't, we had technology, but it wasn't super prevalent. So like, you know, we had to play with Barbies when we were little and we had to, you know, we would sit down and watch movies because obviously we had that. But like, other than that, until we were probably eight or nine we didn't have a lot of technology at least me and my friends didn't so we would actually have to use our imaginations and play and you know make up things and I remember babysitting with my best friend and the little girl was little I mean she was probably six or seven and I remember we turned on Moana and me and my friend at like 16 years old sat and watched the entire movie and we would look over and the little girl was just sitting on her iPad and we were like oh my god kids can't even sit down and watch a movie anymore what (laughs) we were like and of all things a Disney movie that's crazy you know (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I think that you know yeah things are definitely changing in in ways I think are hard to predict um yeah and I, I've read a couple of articles recently that said that people are just socializing in person less overall and yeah kind of wondering like where you know where is everybody what are they doing part of it is technology and and you can go on your phone and feel like that kind of fulfills something so your social yeah. quota um but yeah you kind of ask yourself what else what else has changed right people have always been busy uh people have always had to work yeah. You know, they have to take care of their homes. They have errands to run, uh, families, obligations. I don't, but I don't know, you know, is it that people are less interested in connecting with each other to a certain extent? And if that's the case, that's really sad.
1: And I personally feel like things like that have gotten worse. And I think it's obviously for good reason um, since COVID is like that interaction has gotten even further and further away because it's like everything is, self whatever you can do it yourself rather than having to go you know talk to people and you know obviously I'm all about being safe with COVID you know but I'm like I'm ready for interactions you know I want to be able to talk to people and I think it's just getting less and less the more technology goes on and on and um I don't know. I just really, I think that's the main thing that I just love about the 80s. As weird as it sounds for someone my generation to be like, I don't want a phone. Um, I love my phone, but I want to experience what it's like to literally just not have one. To not be able to go on a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's weird at all.
0: I, I, you know, I don't love my phone either. I don't like being tethered to things. Sometimes I go out and I just leave my phone at home, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, someone has to call me, then they can leave a message and I just leave it at that. And it feels pretty yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. Really good for your mind. It just kind of clears out your whole head.
1: That's what I need to do. I am like fully attached to my phone And I think that's why I'm so, like, I want to experience, literally, just not having it. Don't want it. (laughs) Because now we have social media where people are just so mean and, like, you know, being on your phone like that really just does mess up your mind sometimes. (laughs) Mm. What else would you want to experience if you could go back to
0: the 80s for a day?
1: Um. I always tell everyone that I want to literally just experience things that back then were probably super normal. Like, I want to be able to go to an arcade in a mall. I want to be able to go to Merry-Go-Round, which was a store here. I don't know if you had it then, but it was here in the U.S. Um, My mom always talks about it. That was, like, her favorite store. Um, Yeah, was it a clothing store? We had a place called Jeans West, I think it was called. I want to experience going there you know I just want to experience like very normal things probably for people back then they're like this is normal but for me I'm like that looks so cool (laughs) what was
0: merry-go-round
1: merry-go-round I think was like um I think it was geared towards teenagers but it was a clothing store oh fun and I think think for me A lot of it is just the clothes of the 80s, like wanting to be able to walk into a store and be like, wow, look at all these 80s clothes. When now you walk into a store and it's like sweatpants with the flares at the bottom and sweatshirts. And I'm like, this isn't me. I don't want this. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about
0: 80s fashion that makes you feel like it is you?
1: I think it's because I've always been very different. Um... I'm also disabled. I'm also in a wheelchair. Um, But I feel like I've always had a very bubbly, outgoing personality. Like, even when I was little, I would walk up to people that, not to be judgy, but would definitely look look a little bit like a serial killer. And I would be like, hi, my name's Caitlin. And, you know, I would go up to literally anybody. I didn't know a stranger. Just introduce myself, and I was super outgoing. And I think that bright, colorful... Style of the eighties just fits my personality so well. <laughs> mm, that All makes a funny lot of sense. And- <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. So many fun colors, weird structures in the clothes. Yes, weird shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to something we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, in terms of getting to that point where you start to really embrace this part of who you are and your love of the 80s. It sounds like there was, it wasn't just an an easy transition. It was like there were some things that were kind of blocking you for a little bit. So how did you start to decide, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway? And not only that, but you really have so much ownership over it because you have quite a big following online.
1: So you're do, up just, there
0: with you, yeah, you're all in now.
1: It's insane to me that, that yeah. I have that in college. <laughs> um, it's very strange. And most people are probably going to laugh at me when I tell this story. I haven't told it to too many people. What really made me realize, one, that I needed therapy. And two, that I just was doing so much mental damage to myself. was um, At night, I scroll through my phone before I go to bed. It's terrible. You shouldn't do that because, like, it probably messes with your sleep, but I do because it helps me fall asleep. And so I got on YouTube and this was a point when I was not listening to 80s music and I was trying to avoid it at all costs. So I was not looking up anything 80s, um, but Like a Surgeon by Weird Al popped up the video and i grappled with myself for literally 30 minutes i was like i'm gonna watch this video and i was like no i'm not my brain would be like you are a freak you're not gonna do that you don't need to be getting back into that weird stuff you know and it this was like two o'clock in the morning and i just sat and grappled with it for the 30 minutes like i'm gonna turn this on no i'm not and it seems so weird to do that over like a silly weird owl video you know and um that's how that's where my brain was though is I was like I can't do this like I need to be normal and this is not normal and so finally I was like you know what it's a music video and it was my favorite the weird thing was is that was my favorite Weird Al video when I was little and I turned it on and literally just started sobbing I was like hysterically crying in bed I was like this I literally have been just messing myself up mentally so bad and self-sabotaging by not letting myself listen to the music I want to listen to not dressing the way I want to dress and that was kind of my like awakening I guess to be like you have got to cut this out because this is going to mess with you mentally for the rest of your life if you don't stop it now (laughs) wow yeah so that's why I always say like Weird Al was a big part of why I decided to start being myself, as crazy as that sounds, you know, because most people don't even really talk about him. Um, But he was one of my favorites when I was little, and he was one that I really made myself stop listening to because I was told it was weird and I was a freak. And um, that was like the pivotal point where I was like, I can't do this to myself anymore. (laughs)
0: Oh, So when, and so at that point, did you just say, I'm, I'm all in every day?
1: No. Okay. So that, at that point I was kind of like, okay, I, my dad had already scheduled therapy for me because he saw that I was having problems and he was like, you know, I just don't want you to, you know, get any worse. And he's like, I want you to be able to fix this. And so he had scheduled an appointment for therapy for me. And I kind of was like, I want to go, but I was also really scared. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, it almost gets in your mind, like, the negative thoughts. It's almost like your brain wants to think the negative thoughts after a while. And they don't want to let anything positive in. Your brain doesn't want to let anything positive in. Once you've heard it so many times, like from people online, that it's like, okay, We're only going to think about negative thoughts, and we do not want anything positive. And I think watching that was my point when I was like, okay, wow, I really do need therapy. I'm ready for this. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. How did it feel to let yourself be you?
1: It literally felt like the biggest weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and it wasn't an everyday thing. It wasn't like I went all in and I started listening to Weird Al every day. I didn't go in and start, you know, wearing these funky sweaters. It was like, okay, I did it one time. And then I went back to trying to listen to modern music and I went to therapy and, you know, I told her what was going on and what I was having issues with. And her homework for me one time was literally that I had to listen to Weird Al. She was like, you have, you're have, you going to listen to Weird Al. And I was like, okay, I, I don't really want to because, you know, it's weird. And she was like, I don't care. Is that what you like? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, okay, then that's what you're going to do. And you're going to do it until you feel, you know, that you can be yourself again. Because she's like, I can tell that that's what you want. You're just not letting yourself do it. And now looking back I'm like it's so funny that my therapist had to give me homework to listen to Weird Al Yankovic like come on
0: (laughs) no I love that that's great homework and I find I find it so interesting it's almost like I mean I like to think about things sometimes in a spiritual sense but it's almost like the universe is trying to lead you in that direction as well
1: well I think it 100% was yeah Mm -hmm. because I'm not usually into like that kind of thing either but I do believe that things happen for a reason, and I'm like, maybe that Weird Al video was telling me that I was on the brink of doing something not good to myself, um, and that I needed to get off of that real quick.
0: <laughs> I think too, you know, it might sound it might sound strange to people who don't who aren't passionate about something, right? Um, yeah, but it. You know, I think that this really speaks to the power of of art and self-expression and what what music and film can wake up in us. Yeah. These things are so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Pee-Wee was one of the things I never stopped watching. I always watched Pee-wee in like in a way that was kind of because so okay. I have a lot of memories of watching Pee-wee because my aunt and I watched Pee-wee. We have watched Pee-wee every single time we're together. We've watched Big Adventure every time we're together, I think since I was seven. And she's always lived no more than 40 minutes away from me. So we're constantly together. Um, and so that was the one thing that 80s thing, I never stopped liking and I never stopped watching. And it was the one thing that kind of made me feel like me for an hour and a half. It was like, okay, I can be myself for like an hour and a half, you know. And it wasn't that I didn't feel like I couldn't be myself around my family, but I was still trying not to because I was trying to fit into this beauty influencer Kardashian type of vibe and I'm like watching Pee Wee Herman and listening to Weird Al is not gonna fit that vibe so I need to not be doing that but in a way it was like the one thing that I never stopped because it made me so happy that movie made me so happy and um another reason would be because my aunt would be like what are you talking about when I would have told her no I didn't want to watch Pee Wee because we had watched it for so long at that point um But I think that was another big thing of another big reason why I was able to kind of so quickly turn it around because it was like I had something of the 80s to hold on to that I have always loved and I didn't get rid of everything, you know? I didn't like banish myself from literally everything.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is so important. I've had some conversations with other people about how – we've gone through phases where we've gotten rid of all of our childhood toys from the eighties. And now we're like trying to get them all back again. (laughs) It's very sad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember there was a point when I actually didn't even know Pee-wee's playhouse existed. I was like 16 at this point and I'd loved the eighties forever. I don't know how I didn't know it existed. And they did a random marathon of it on one of the channels. And my mom was like, Oh my God, we're going to watch this. So I watched like one episode and I remember in my mind, I was like, I think I'm too old for Pee Wee, and I was like, I immediately was like, eh, you're not gonna do that. It was the 180s thing you're holding on to. You're not gonna start that, and that was the one thing I always told myself. Like, if I genuinely got to the point where I banished myself from Pee Wee, I was like, I knew I lost myself. <laughs> and I ah. never-
0: <laughs> do you have do you have people who tell you that your content helps them recapture or recommit to something that they used to love?
1: I actually get that comment all the time is people will be like, you know, I've started getting DMs, which is crazy because I never got people just actually messaging me. It was always just comments. But I've actually gotten people messaging me and they're like thank you so much for your content you have no idea how much you know your content has helped me be myself and start wearing what I want to wear and start doing my hair how I want to and literally almost every time I read one of those comments or I get one of those dms I cry (laughs) because it's like I know what that's like to literally hate yourself because you want to dress differently from everyone else and it is so like, heartwarming to know that I have been able to help people that, you know, help inspire them to dress how they want and, you know, just be themselves and be mm-hmm. confident about it.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm I love that. What are some lessons you think people can take from the 80s?
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that people could take away from the 80s is to be bold and to be unique. Um, I think 80s fashion, you know, back in the 80s, I loved that people from that generation will always be like, well, men didn't act like that back then. And I'm like, look at Boy George, look at Pete Burns, look at Motley Crue, look at Poison. I'm like, people were so unique in the 80s. And in a way, we have gotten way more open-minded about things. Like, I realize that if I were in the 80s, I would probably not be publicly out um, as a lesbian. I know that. Um, But while we've gotten more open-minded about those things, I think we've gotten more closed-minded about being unique in a way. And, you know, people are starting to kind of look the same and dress the same. No hate to people that, you know, follow trends nowadays. But it's like, you know, I think people could take away just have your own fashion style from the 80s be bold wear bright colors you know be yourself I feel like that was a big thing of the 80s and that's the biggest draw for me is that the 80s I think were about being yourself and kind of being free Mm -hmm. amen love that yeah
0: (laughs) Caitlin thank you so much it's been such a wonderful conversation I'm so glad we got to do this how can people find you if they want to check you out after listening to the show?
1: Um, so my Instagram handle is 1980s and then a period nostalgia. So 1980s.nostalgia. And it's also the same on TikTok. I post literally all things 80s. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much.
0: All right. We'll put that up in the show notes as well. For those of you who are listening, if you want to find Caitlin later, and thank you everyone for being here today. This is Liz Worth with the Forever 80s podcast, and I will talk to you again soon. Forever 80s podcast hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. If you like this episode, let us know. Hit subscribe, leave a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.